0: Always do um, with the Word of God, uh, we stand, so if you would, please stand with me as we uh, read the Word of God. Today's sermon text is going to be from the book of Matthew chapter 24, verses three through 14, and then verses 36 through 44. You can read along in your Bible, or you can see it on the screen as we follow along. Matthew 24, verse three. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, Tell us when these things will happen and what is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus replied to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. You are going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed because these things must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these events are the beginning of labor pains. Then they will hand you over to be persecuted and they will kill you. You will be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will fall away, betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Because lawlessness will multiply, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Verse 36. Now concerning that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the son, except the father alone. As the days of Noah were, so the coming of the son of man will be. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah boarded the ark. They didn't know until the flood came and swept them all away. This is the way the coming of the son of man will be. Then two men will be in a field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding grain with a handmill, One will be taken and one left. Verse 42. Therefore, be alert. Since you do not know. What day your Lord is coming? But know this. If the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. This is why you are also to be ready, because the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. This is the word of the Lord. May have your seats so church we are in the last days i'm not saying that to scare anyone i'm not saying that to come off as a prophet but if you understand the redemption story if you understand the historical narrative of scripture from genesis to revelation Then the period that we're in right now is the last days. There was this age of the promise in Genesis. It started in Genesis when sin entered the world. Adam and Eve, our first parents, they sinned against God. And when they sinned against God, they were cursed. But in these curses, God gave a promise. He gave a promise that there would be one to come from the seed of the woman who would crush the head of the serpent, the one who caused them or deceived them into sinning. He made this promise. And we know that that promise was the promise of Christ. It was a promise of Jesus's coming. And so when Jesus came, when he entered into this world and he lived the perfect life that none of us can live. And he paid the price of sin, the wages of sin, death on a cross, died a sinner's death. And then three days later, rose again. He ascended into heaven. And when he ascended into heaven. That began the last days. So the period from the time of the ascension of Christ. To the time of the second coming of Christ, that period is the last days. That's a period that we're in right now. We are in the in between waiting on the coming of our Lord, knowing he's victorious over sin and death. But we're still waiting on his coming, his second coming, his arrival here, where he will finally put away sin for good. He will finally put away death for good. As Christians, we're looking forward to that day. That's a day we long for. But for many, that's not a day that people long for. It's a day that people are dreading. For those who don't know Jesus. And so as we think about this, I wanted to bring us to this text as we have established that we are in the last days. We have not yet to meet the last day. Right. The day when Christ will come and the final judgment will be here. When we will have to give an account for every deed that we've done in the body, whether good or evil. We all will be before the Lord Jesus, giving an account for what we've done in this life. And that day is coming. But in Matthew 24, what we read the scripture today, I want to give a little bit of context behind what's going on here. So this is after what we know as the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. When Jesus came on a donkey, he entered into Jerusalem. It was the beginning of his few last days on this earth. Okay, so Matthew 24, the setting is after that, but it's obviously before his death. So it's this few days, It's basically Jesus's last days on earth. So this teaching that he gave was one of the final teachings that he gave his disciples in the last few days that he was alive here on earth before he died and would be. Ascending into heaven. And so this is an important um, everything that Jesus says is important. Don't get me wrong, but this is important to pay attention to because these were the last teachings that Jesus gave. And in these teachings, um, Jesus is showing his disciples what they should be looking for. The signs of his coming, what they should be expecting when he is to return, what the world scene would look like when Jesus returns. And in this scripture Um, In Matthew um, 24, verse four, the first thing Jesus says after they ask him the question, you know, tell us when these things will happen and what is the sign of your coming at the end of the age? That's what the disciples were asking him. And Jesus's response to them, verse four, watch out. That no one deceives you. Watch out. Be watchful, pay attention. Watch out that no one deceives you. In verse 42. Jesus says, therefore, be alert. Since you don't know what day your Lord is coming. So watch out, be alert. He's telling them then and us now, we need to pay attention to what's going on around us. We need to be watchful. We need to be looking for what's going on around us. Ephesians six tells us to put on the full armor of God so that we can stand the schemes of the devil. So the devil has schemes. The devil has a way of going about. This life, he knows who we are. He knows our weaknesses. So he has schemes that he puts in place to try to attack us. All right. Jesus said, be or he said, watch out that no one deceives you. See, Satan is a deceiver. If you go back to Genesis chapter three, where we see um, the enemy, the serpent, where he is about to deceive. Uh, Adam and Eve into eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which they were not supposed to eat from. If you go back and you look at that text, the serpent is described as crafty. Or cunning, more cunning than any of the other animals and the beasts that God had created. He was the most cunning. Now, if you look about or think about the word cunning and understand what that means, Being cunning means to achieve one's ends by deceit. So the serpent, the enemy, Satan, he goes about achieving his goals, what he wants to do by deceiving us. He's a liar. His job is to come and to steal, to kill and destroy. We talked about that earlier. That's how he is going to come at us. He's going to come to deceive us and he's going to deceive many, which we'll talk about. He's also a counterfeiter. Satan um, sees the thing that God does and he wants to be like God. But he can't be God, so he counterfeits the things that God does. Isaiah 14 verses 12 through 15 says this. In regards to Satan, Lucifer says shining morning star, how you have fallen from the heavens. You destroyer of nations. You have been cut down to the ground. You said to yourself. So this is what Satan, our enemy, was saying to himself. You said to yourself, I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of God's assembly in the remotest parts of the north. I will ascend above the highest clouds. I will make myself like the most high. This is what our enemy wants to do. He wants to be like God. So he's a counterfeiter. And so we are to be watchful. We are to be on alert. We are to be sober minded as the uh, passage that Chad read earlier. To be watchful, to be alert, to be sober minded. That's what we're called to do. And so I want to help us do that today. But like I said, we have to put on this full armor of God so that we can be aware and fight against the schemes of the devil, the schemes of the enemy. And so I want to give us a few. This is not exhaustive at all. But I want to give us a few of the deceptions of Satan that we need to be aware of things that we need to be on the lookout for today. Carl, if you would put uh, the scripture from 1 Thessalonians on the screen. I'm going to read this to you and you just follow along with me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 through 6. About the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come. Just like a thief in the night. When they say peace and security. Then sudden destruction will come upon them like labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in the dark for this day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or the darkness. So then let us not sleep. Like the rest. But let us stay awake and be self-controlled. In verse three, it says they will say peace and security. Peace and security. You will hear this peace and security all is well. But that is a deception of the enemy. Because it says that sudden destruction will come upon them as they are saying peace and security as the world who is ruled by Satan, the little G God of this world under the sovereignty of our heavenly father, the most high God is the rule. I mean, Satan is the ruler of this world. World. He's the one who has been given in this time until Jesus comes back. He's been given the reign over the world's system, the systems of this world. Satan is ruling over these systems. And there will be a promise of peace. A promise of peace. But this is a deception. This is false Peace. Now, we see it right now um, in our world taking place all over this country that people are fighting for justice. They're desiring justice. They're desiring peace. They're given all these types of solutions. We see it all in the politics. If we do this and we do this and we do this, our world will be a better place. Our nation will be a better place. These are the things that we need to do. There's all kinds of talk about what needs to be done to bring peace to this world. Almost like a utopia that people are searching for. And if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense. Because in Genesis, we are told Genesis 1:26, 27, we are told that we are made in the image and likeness of God. All human beings, believers and unbelievers alike, are Im- image bearers of God. All of us created in the image and likeness of God. And because we are image bearers, there's certain things that we long for, even though sin is corrupted, our nature. There are certain things that we long for that was back in the garden before sin entered into this world. Think about what the garden was like, what life was like before sin entered into the world. Before we were deceived, humankind was deceived and allowed sin to enter into this world what was it like? Well, first of all, God said everything was what? Good. Everything was good. So, for a period of time, humankind existed when everything was good. There was perfect peace. Perfect peace. Perfect harmony. See, God in Himself, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, He exists in perfect harmony. And we made in his image and in his likeness. We long for this. We had it. We had it in the garden before it was lost due to sin. We had it in the garden. And so if you think about it, image bearers long for this. We long for peace. We long for it. So because we're image bearers and we long for this peace, we long for what was lost in the garden. We want that. We can be easily deceived. By. The words, the the false promises of peace that this world has to offer. So we need to be very, very careful about what we're hearing. This world system that is run by who? Satan. We need to be very careful when they're promising us peace because we that's a weakness of ours. And that opens us up for deception because we long for that. We long for peace. Can't we all just get along? Rodney King. We long for that. We long to get along with one another. We long for there to be no more division. It's a part of the image of God in all humanity. Like I said, whether believer or unbeliever, we all share that as a part of the image of God in us. And so we long for this. And this is one of the ways that Satan can deceive us by these promises of false peace. Another deception that we need to be aware of. Carl, if you'll put 1 John chapter 3 on the screen. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Everyone who commits sin practices lawlessness and sin is Lawlessness. Everyone who practices sin or commits sin practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Put the second um, text on the screen from Second Thessalonians. This is a longer one, but I want to read this to you about this lawlessness. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses 1 through 12. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus and being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled, either by a prophecy or by a message or by a letter supposedly from us, alleging that the day of the Lord has come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness. Is revealed. The man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple, proclaiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that when I was still with you, I used to tell you about this. And you know what currently restrains him. So that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. This spirit of lawlessness already at work. But the one now restraining will do so until he is out of the way and then the lawless one will be revealed. The Lord Jesus will destroy him with the breath of his mouth and will bring him to nothing at the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is based on Satan's working with all kinds of false miracles, signs and wonders. And with every wicked deception among those who are perishing. They perish because they did not accept the love of the truth. And so be saved. Verse 11. For this reason, God sends to them a strong delusion. So that they will believe the lie. So that all will be condemned. Those who did not believe the truth, but delighted in unrighteousness. So the second thing I want you to see about the the deceptions and, and what we need to be aware of. Is that there is going to come a time of immense lawlessness. And I would argue we're seeing a lot of that right now. Immense lawlessness in our in our country, in our nation, in our world. This lawlessness, this desire for no authority. Right. God is authority. God lays out his commands for us. So it's a desire to be apart from God. Remember, sin in and of itself is lawlessness. So when we sin, what we're saying is we don't want to be under your authority, God. We don't want to be under your rules, God. We know what's best for us. We know what we need to do. We know what's best in this life. It's lawlessness. We don't want to be under the authority of God. That's why we sin. That's what sin is. It's lawlessness. It's this desire to be apart from authority. And like I said, we're seeing this. Think about it. Defund the police. What's the police supposed to be? Law enforcement enforces the law. But there's this desire in our culture, in our in our culture at this time, for lawlessness, to rebel against the authorities that are in place. That Scripture tells us that God puts those authorities in place, the government authorities. All these authorities that are in this world, they're not perfect under the system of Satan with sinners running them. Right. They're not perfect. But in God's sovereignty, he still establishes all of these authorities, all of these governments, everything to protect us, to keep evil at bay and to keep righteousness promoted. But there is coming and I would say there is here now this spirit of lawlessness And essentially is the spirit of the lawless one. This one that if you've heard Christian lingo and scripture, we refer to him as the antichrist. This lawless one who is yet to be revealed, but who will be revealed. At the proper time. But while or before that takes place, the spirit of lawlessness, the spirit of the antichrist is already at work. And we see it. If you take a look and you pay attention, if we do what Scripture tells us to do, if we do what Jesus tells us to do, to be alert, to be watchful, to be on guard, we are to be paying attention to these things. We should be looking, understanding what's going on around us. I know everybody has their own life. We talked about it. Patrick prayed about it earlier today. Everybody has their own things going on in their own life, their own family, their own careers, everything. You know, you've got the stuff going on in your own life. Got things to worry about, things to take care of. But scripture is clear that we are to be watchful, that we can't just keep our heads down thinking about our own life and what's going on in our little bubble, our little world. We got to see what's going on in the world around us so that we're prepared. We're alert. We're looking for his coming. And we're understanding what the days will be like when he's coming. It says, as in the days of Noah. We read the scripture It said that people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving marriage. So there's a sense of normalcy. There's a sense of life going on as it always has gone on. While at the same time, there's these other things that we need to be looking for, that we need to be alerted to, that we need to be watchful. Understanding the times, understanding the seasons and what's going on. That's happening at the same time. We're living our lives, going on about eating, drinking, marrying, getting married, all that. But at the same time, we need to be watchful and alert to what's taking place. I want to share this. Carl, put this uh, the last thing on the screen. Uh, Pastor Alton uh, sent this to us uh, recently. Um, We like to stay in tune with what's going on in the culture around us. Um, Part of being watchful, part of being elders uh, responsible for shepherding the flock. And so we keep in tune on what's going on in the culture through social media. We need to pay attention. A lot of things can be learned about what's going on in our world around us through social media. So here's a tweet. Colin Kaepernick. uh, A lot of people know um, who he is, a former NFL player. Um, He was the one who started the kneeling uh, during the national anthem. That movement um, that was in protest to police brutality. He started that movement. Um, And he never uh, joined the NFL again. He lost his job and he hasn't rejoined the NFL. But now he's kind of gone into this activism um, stage of his career. And so this is just a screenshot. We're not going to go through it. But there's this whole thread and I'm going to read it to you. Um, There's this series of articles that are coming out um, that he's helping to publish. It says abolition for the people. The movement for a future without policing and prisons. The collection of 30 essays will be posted below over the course of the next four weeks. Abolition for the people. And then there was a whole thread of it. And there's multiple articles. And there's a website for that that you can go and read up on yourself. And I read um, the, uh, the Colin Kaepernick article. And so there's this whole movement that, you know, for a while, people were saying reform the police, reform the police, reform the police. But they're saying that's not enough. You can't reform it. you got to completely destroy, it. abolish the police, wipe the police out. And, and replace them with other alternatives to handling with to handle criminals, murderers, <laughs> rapists. There's another way to handle these things. And I would encourage you to go read the articles and, and just see what is being said. It's part of being watchful, part, part of being informed of what's going on in our culture. Around us. But this. Abolition for the people, this movement for a future without policing and prisons. It's a part of the spirit of lawlessness that is at work in our culture right now. We need to be aware of these things. So. Just to review a couple things. This promise of false peace. As we desire and long for peace, we desire this world where there's no sin like it was before. Sin entered the world through the disobedience of Adam and Eve, we long for this. And so in our world, there are going to be promises of false peace. We as Christians know The true peace. It's not going to come from the systems of this world, it's not going to come from abolishing the police, it's not going to come from electing a new president, it's not going to come from anything that this world's and its systems has to offer. That's not where true peace comes from. True peace is not found in the system. It's not found in a place. True peace is found in a person. The person of Jesus Christ. He is the prince of peace. We must put our hope in him. Not in any of the systems of this world that Satan is trying to use to deceive us to bring about this false peace. And we see many people falling for it. Many people put in their hope in this next presidential election. I promise you. There are going to be a lot of distraught people after this election, distraught. As if the world is ending. On either side, no matter who wins this election, some people are going to be ecstatic, thinking the world is about to move into this period of peace and prosperity. And there's another side that is going to be distraught as if the world is ending. But us. Christians, my brothers and sisters, do not put your hope in the systems of this world and the false peace that they offer. It will fail you. Peace is only found in Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can give us the peace that our hearts are longing for, the complete peace, fullness of peace. He's the prince of peace. The other thing that I want to remind us to do. Along with putting our hope in the true prince of peace. Is to remember to continue to do the work of the kingdom. At the end of this section in Matthew that we read today. Matthew um, 24, 42. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, therefore, be alert since you don't know what day your Lord is coming. But know this. If the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. This is why you are also to be ready, because the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. This is one of four parables that Jesus gave that flows from the end of um, chapter 24 into chapter 25, the beginning of chapter 25. About what it was going to be like and what we need to be doing as servants of the king. When the master returns, what he needs to find us doing. Now, yes, we are to be alert. We need to be paying attention to the things that are going on around us. But don't be absorbed in it. God has not called us to be all absorbed in all that's going on all around us. We are to be alert and watchful. So don't be asleep. But don't be absorbed in it as, as well. That's too far. There's extremes to this because we have to remember that we have been called. Those of us in Christ Jesus have been called to a work, a kingdom work on this side of eternity until Jesus comes back. And he should find us at work doing that. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I will be with you to the end of the age. That's the work that we are to be doing when Jesus returns. Believers should be found making disciples, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. The good news that those who are trying to get caught up and putting all their hope into these world systems, that there's a better way that you don't have to put your hope into something that's going to fail you, that you can put your hope into the God man, the only one who can bring us salvation. We are to be proclaiming this, proclaiming this gospel truth. And when Jesus returns, whenever that is, as we're looking at the seasons, as we're watching, we're paying attention to what's going on around us. We see the lawlessness. We see the promises of false peace. But we as Christians are to be at work. So when Jesus returns, he finds us doing what he left us to do. That's what he said before he ascended into heaven to go make disciples. So we are to be about that work of the kingdom. So that when he returns, he finds us being faithful servants, doing exactly what he's called us to do. And so, church, I encourage you. And I ask you, are you watchful? Are you alert? Are you paying attention to the signs of the times? But also, are you at work doing the work of the kingdom of God? That God himself, by the power of the Holy Spirit, empowers us to do. Gives us all the tools that we need because he has done the work on our behalf. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father. I Thank you, Lord, for your word. I'm a mere vessel for your service. I have nothing in me that can bring about a word to bring hope, to bring encouragement, to bring warning. Only you have the answers that we're searching for. And we see the on-looking world. We see this world that is longing for what was lost in the garden, longing for peace. Longing for this utopia that's only going to be found in the new heavens, in the new earth, the new Jerusalem, where there will be no more sin. There will be no more death. There will be no more crying. Sin and death will be thrown into the pit. And, Lord, we long for that day. All humankind longs for it, but There are so many people around us that are putting their hope in something that is going to fail them, something that's going to lead to their destruction. So, Lord, I pray. That as you encourage us, as you fill us up, as you teach us. That we would be a people who go about proclaiming the message, the only message that can save. This is the message of the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom of God that is at hand. So I pray, Lord, that we would be alert. We would not be deceived. You would guard our hearts, guard our minds in Christ Jesus. That we can see everything that's going on around us, that we would have eyes wide open. But we would be guarded from being pulled into what Satan wants to pull us into. These deceptions that there will be false peace in this world. Lord, as we see the lawlessness, I pray, Lord, that we would be courageous, that we would know that even though you've told us. That many will hate us on account of your name. That many may be put to death, which is happening all across this world. Our brothers and sisters across the globe are being put to death for their faith. It's almost foreign to us in America, but we're starting to see more and more persecution coming our way here in America. And I pray, Lord, that as it happens, as lawlessness abounds, which we know it will. That we would be found secure. In you, knowing that we are protected, guided, led by you. And that our hope is not in this world. And that we would give our very lives, that we would be motivated by love just as you were. And that we would give our very lives away so that the gospel can be proclaimed and that many others can be saved. I pray, Lord, that you would do this work in the community here at Urban Hope, that we would be about the work that you've called us to. And that you would look at us and see all that we do empowered by you. And you would find us to be faithful servants. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you've done and what you will do that day that we are longing for. When you will cast sin and death into the pit. We long for that day when we will be with you for all of eternity and there will be true peace. We thank you, Lord, for all of this. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.